Welcome back to the Becoming Relentless podcast. I am your host, Eleanoa McCabe. I am an IFBB Bikini Pro and an online fitness coach for A-Team. And today, it is just me. I have a special announcement to make. So obviously, moving forward, Becoming Relentless will be hosted by me. Uh, Danielle and I are no longer going to be co-hosts. We had some professional and personal misalignment. I believe she will be making her own podcast at some point. So I just ask that everybody be supportive and respectful as we separate and go our own ways. But as for this podcast, I am so excited to have you guys here. I really appreciate y'all tuning in and being here. So with that being said, let's dive right in. I wanted to touch on the reason why I originally started Becoming Relentless. I've had a podcast for a few years now. I used to run the Jimish podcast in Colorado when I moved to Texas. I love being able to sit down and feel as though I'm speaking to my audience and speaking to y'all in a more personal way. So we started Becoming Relentless. And the original goal of this podcast was for it to be a fitness and bodybuilding related podcast in order for us as coaches to help educate and empower and speak on topics within the fitness industry as a whole that can help everybody improve. So with that in mind, my continued goal of Becoming Relentless is to help you guys truly feel relentless in the pursuit of your goals within fitness but it doesn't just have to be within the container of bodybuilding. It can be within your training, your nutrition, your mindset. Anything under the sun, the umbrella of fitness is what I am here to help you with. So I wanted to clarify the goal and the aim of this podcast and just put it back out there that Becoming Relentless is for you. And so anytime that you guys have questions, comments, anytime you interact with the podcast on any of our platforms, it really does mean the world to me. I read every comment. I try to respond to every DM. And so moving forward, if you guys have any questions at all, please feel free to always leave those. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Becoming Relentless Podcast, and you can find myself on Instagram. My name, Noah McCabe underscore IFBB Pro. You can always reach us there. So with that today, I am just going to go ahead and dive right in. It's February. That means the first shows of the season are rapidly approaching. As competitors, we know the end of December, January, February, March, those are our off season. That's our downtime. That is generally when there are no shows. Barely anyone is prepping. We don't really have an idea of the show schedule yet because it hasn't come out for the year. But now that it is February, show schedules are being published all over the world. And so we're getting a good idea of what contest prep season is going to look like for us. So with that in mind, I wanted to touch on contest prep green flags, if you will, or contest prep, what you should look for before you decide to commit to one. And the overarching theme of today is really going to be about stability, because when you're entering a contest prep, you have to make sure that there are facets of your life that are very stable, that are going to allow you to complete this prep to the best of your ability. I think we all know there is a lot that goes into contest prep as a successful 
athlete. I'm an IFBB pro. I have done numerous preps and all of them have been such learning experiences. I take something away from each prep. And so I wanted to impart that wisdom onto anybody listening. If you are interested in doing a show, if you're interested in contest prep, if you are contest prepping, you know that for sure. Here is Here are some of the things that you can use as a checklist for yourself to make sure that you're in the greatest position possible in order to have a successful prep because a lot goes into it. It's not just, you know, oh, I want to do a show, do a 12-week prep, get on stage, and that's, that's that. The sport is really evolving, and as it grows and becomes more mainstream, I think it's really important to understand the repercussions of what you're doing and to also have this checklist in place in order for you to figure out, is this the right timing for me? Is this the best option for me right now? Because at the end of the day, there are shows pretty much year round, except for the few months that I just mentioned. There are shows starting in late March. Contest prep season really kicks up during the summer, so like May, June, July. But then there are plenty of shows through August, uh, August through December. So there's really no rush to get on stage. And because of this pressure, I feel like a lot of people jump into prep not realizing that they don't have all their ducks in a row. And so hopefully this can help you guys figure out if you're truly ready to start. And a little caveat that I want to put here is that your coach, if you have a good responsible coach who cares about you, they will make sure that they go through these questions with you before they throw you into a contest prep. It is that important to have these things lined up and have these things stable Otherwise, it's going to be a very stressful time. And contest prep is already stressful, so we don't want to add to that unnecessarily. Okay, so without further ado, I shall finally get into it. But here are the flags that I thought were most important for people to consider when deciding whether or not to do a contest prep. So the overarching theme, like I mentioned earlier, is going to be stability And the first thing that I want to touch on is going to be stability with your health. So when you know that you're interested in competing, I highly recommend, number one, hiring a coach. Not just any coach, not just any influencer with a great body or somebody who's competed a few times and so they're leading from experience. Hire a coach who truly knows what they're doing, who has the results, who showcases their abilities on social media. And you can tell that they value their athlete's health. And the reason why having stable health is so important is because when you enter a contest prep, you're pushing your body to an extreme. So if you haven't gotten blood work, if you haven't gone and gotten a physical from your doctor, if you haven't been consistent with your diet, your nutrition, your supplementation, then it's going to be really difficult to determine what roadblocks you might run into during prep. What I mean by that, so for example, let's say that you don't realize, but you have really low vitamin D. You haven't been taking your vitamin D, you haven't been going outside in the sun, And you start a contest prep and about halfway through, things just aren't really pushing. This could be because your vitamin C or vitamin D, excuse me, if it started out low, that impacts other systems in your body. 
If you don't have enough vitamin D, it's very likely that your hormones are being impacted or your cortisol or your thyroid. And so taking into consideration where your health is first before ever starting a contest prep is actually going to save you in the long run. And contest prep, as we know, is an extreme. So you're going to get to the point where you are unhealthy anyways. You want to make sure that your health is at the forefront before you even start. So what that could look like is making sure that you're not overlooking the details of your coach's programming. If your coach tells you that you need to have a multivitamin, vitamin D, creatine, vitamin C, omegas, whatever they're telling you on your list of supplements that are within your programming, there's likely a really good reason for that. So if you're skimping on your supplements, you could be skimping on your health and that will affect your prep. So that's kind of number one, stability within your health, making sure that it's optimal before you ever start. So number two, this is a big one, stability with your mental health. Contest prep is notorious for bringing out a side of people that maybe they're not proud of. And I believe this is because they may have pre-existing mental health or mindset issues that weren't addressed before they started the prep. So stability with your mental health can look like setting boundaries. It can look like engaging in stress management techniques, spending time with yourself, making sure that you're speaking your truth and not holding back, not building up any resentment or any feelings of not being able to express yourself. Because even in fitness, like let's zoom out of contest prep, but if you're not able to have stable mental health, your fitness is likely not going to be very successful either. Mental health and physical health are very closely tied. And so even just talking about general fitness practices, if you are constantly stressed, if you're constantly feeling like you're not able to express yourself, that's going to that's gonna dig up a lot of anxiety. It's going to cause a lot of maybe thought patterns that aren't very productive for you. And so what's going to end up happening is because of all these internal dialogues that you're having that are not very helpful for you, your physical state will begin to reflect that. They're very interdependent. So taking care of your mental health is just as important as your physical. You might look amazing and be struggling internally and no one would know, but you would know and you would know how you feel and that would start to leak out in your behavior. And eventually people would see that. But I highly recommend not getting to that point. You don't want to get to the point where you're mid-contest prep and maybe you were struggling with some mindset or some mental health issues and now all of a sudden you don't have the filters or the patience because you're in this contest prep and so you start exploding onto other people. Um, emotional regulation is incredibly important and we are all adults and we all choose to engage in contest prep. So it, it really is your responsibility to have the appropriate regulations in place. And that means taking care of your mental health before you begin a contest prep. Also, I believe we talked about this before, but taking care of your mental health in prep can also look like engaging in things that are not just fitness related and making sure that your identity doesn't get so tied up in it. So this is kind of branching out off of mental health, but I do think that it's closely related because when you're in a prep, 
You have very extreme, rigid protocols, and it's really easy to get tied up in that. It's really easy to start using prep as an excuse to escape your reality. And when that happens, your mental health will absolutely be affected because when you come out of prep, you no longer have that excuse to grab onto. And now you're just an asshole to the people around you. There's not actually an excuse. So my biggest tip here is going into a contest prep, really evaluate yourself, really ask like mentally, how am I doing? Mentally, Have do I have more good days than bad days? Do I experience a lot of anxiety? Do I have a lot of mood swings right now? What psychologically is going on internally that I could maybe work on and improve before I engage in this extreme lifestyle for the next 20 to 30 weeks? Because that's how long a contest prep generally is. All right. A third area that you need to make sure is stable is your finances. And I think that plenty of people talk about this, but I do think it's important to touch on because it is overlooked. There are so many athletes that I've spoken to who have put themselves in debt just to get on stage, or they stress them out th- themselves out so much because financially they were not stable and they decided to go ahead with the prep anyways. You have to think about long-term and not just that short-term goal right in front of you. So all in all, a contest prep can cost you anywhere from three to $5,000. And that's including show day. So that would be coaching, gym memberships, your food, your groceries, your meal prep, whatever. If you use a meal prep service or if you grocery shop and meal prep yourself, that still adds up. The body work that you need to do during prep, um, your posing, your heels, your suit, booking flights, Airbnb, car rentals, hotel, the show fees itself. So many things go into this sport And in my opinion, I think that it's worth it because to me, the value is worth putting my money into. But for some people, that finance aspect, it might not be worth to get on stage. Sometimes within your fitness journey, there's a little bit of pressure that like, oh, I've been working out for a lot of time. I think the next natural step is competing. But if your finances are not in a stable place, it's okay to wait. It's okay to have a different goal instead of just contest prep because Contest prep is extremely expensive. And at the end of the day, for most of us, we're not getting paid to compete. So even as a pro, like if you think, oh, I just want to get my pro card and then I'll get sponsors and I'll get paid and it'll be my job. I have news for you. I got my pro card in 2021 and I still don't get paid to compete. Would I Would I love that? Absolutely. Am I working towards that? Absolutely. But it's not my bread and butter income. Um, And for a lot of people, it's not going to be their income either. So just being realistic with yourself and understanding the financial aspects that go into competing, I think is really critical and very important. So if you know that your job is a little bit unstable, maybe it's cyclical, maybe it's seasonal, maybe you're not sure what your work is going to look like in the next few months, it might be more wise to hold off on entering a contest prep. All right, next, fourth. So something that I think is important to have stability with as well is going to be your environment. We are always saying your environment is everything, and it is. I don't just mean the people that you surround yourself with. I also mean the physical environment that you're in. I've talked about it before, but 
even something like where you train, the gym, can make a huge difference on what you can achieve and the success that you have during your contest prep. That's not to say that certain gyms just won't work. I've done preps working out of a 24-hour fitness, and they've gone very well for me. But now that I'm in an environment where I go to the gym and I'm consistently pushed to be better, I'm surrounded by other people who have the same goal, the same passion, the same drive as me, I feel the difference and I see the difference. It truly does matter where you are physically in your environment on how you can achieve those goals. So another good example for that would be your work setting. If you're around people at work who have never heard of bodybuilding or they don't know what it is, they don't understand, it might be worth the time, effort, maybe discomfort that you feel to sit down with your coworkers and explain to them, hey, I'm I'm starting a contest prep for a bodybuilding show. I'm going to be bringing Tupperware in to eat my meals. I'm going to be walking at lunch to get my steps in. And I would absolutely love it if you guys could support me. I would love it if you guys could refrain from teasing me about my food or offering to take me out to lunch or making little comments about how I never go to happy hour anymore. Whatever it is, like that, that whatever that conversation needs to look like, I think being able to sit down and have it with the people around you, not just your coworkers, this is a conversation that you need to have with your partner, with your friends, with your family, the immediate people around you so that they understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, and you have communicated your own boundaries with them that hopefully they then respect. One of the keys for doing this is when you're setting boundaries, you need to be firm in the way you deliver it. So if you're delivering the message that, yeah, I'm doing this bodybuilding thing, I'm doing contest prep, I'm, I might have like Tupperwares and stuff, like I'll be eating fish and rice, and you you're communicating it in a way that doesn't sound like you really want to do it, then of course the people around you are going to say things. They're going to say, oh, you don't need to eat chicken and rice today. Like, why don't you just have a bite of this protein bar? It's the same thing. Or, oh, you can't have this apple? Like, just have this apple. It's because when you communicated and set that boundary, it wasn't done in a way that was firm and that told them with confidence that this is what you're doing and you cannot be swayed and you don't want to be swayed. So just another tip for y'all when you are setting those boundaries and having these conversations and setting your environment up for that stability and that support, that you communicate it in a way that they understand you're excited about this, you're choosing this, and that the way they interact with you can really help you achieve this goal. And that way they get excited about it with you. And the fifth and final point that I wanted to make about stability is your relationship. So we kind of touched on this with, you know, your your support system, your environment, the people around you. But I think that the relationship stability aspect needs to be a whole point in itself because I have seen way too many contest preps and perfectly good relationships. And some people might argue, well, it's not the prep. It's not the prep. Like they had these issues before. And maybe that's true. Maybe the communication wasn't there. Maybe the contest prep just revealed some of the cracks that were already existing. But 
you can't deny that contest prep doesn't put stress onto a relationship. And so just knowing what you're signing up for and communicating that with your partner in an open, honest way can be so transformative for your relationship. So if you're in a serious relationship or even if you're just dating, I highly recommend that you evaluate the stability of that connection and of that relationship and have the appropriate conversation in order to make sure that your goals are not something that are that is going to hinder this relationship. So I can speak from experience. Um, Zach and I dated for over five years, almost six years, and he was with me through three or four preps. The very first prep that we did I say together, um, but that I did with his support, it was very difficult because I went from somebody who could, had plenty of energy and could go out to eat and could go out drinking with friends or go hiking randomly on a Sunday morning to somebody who was so in a schedule, rigid, would not budge, like prepped meals all the time, put my training and cardio before anything else. And so it was very difficult for us. And at the time, we did have communication around it, and he was so, so supportive. But I'm lucky. I'm very lucky that he was so supportive and understanding in the way that he was because I was not communicative on what I needed in that prep. And as we continued on, by the time I got to my pro card prep, which was nine months long, That was one of the hardest preps that we've ever gone through together as a couple. And honestly, there were many times within that prep that I wasn't sure we were going to make it. And our relationship was incredibly healthy and stable and strong. But what happened was when you're in a prep and you're so committed to the goal, it's very admirable. But it's also something that affects the people around you and you can't pretend like it doesn't. There's no perfect world where it's okay for you to isolate from your partner, not communicate what's going on, just fall back on the same old, well, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Of course you're tired, but you have to remember that you're choosing to do this contest prep. Your partner isn't choosing that for you. And if your partner is willing to help you and support you through this, you owe it to them to give the energy and effort to explain what's going on, to have that clear communication that... Hey, I love hiking with you on Saturdays. It's so much fun. My energy is just really low. Can we go for a walk around the block instead? Just finding ways to compromise, finding ways to show them and tell them that you still care and that you're still there for them, even if it's not in the capacity that's normal for your guys' dynamic. I just think having that relationship stability is, it's incredibly important. So last, last tip. I don't know if I said the last one was last tip. This is the last tip. In the theme of stability, it's incredibly important that you look at the next year, honestly. So if you're looking at doing a contest prep this year, think about the next 12 months that you have ahead of you. Are you stable? Are you planning on moving? Are you planning on switching jobs? Are you getting married? Do you have a bunch of weddings to attend? Do you have a bunch of special events to attend? Obviously, we can't plan for everything and we cannot control the external environment. Like we can't we can't control what happens day to day. If something comes up, something comes up. But if you know that you have a wedding in July 
and you want to do a show in June, you might you just might want to double think that because contest prep doesn't just end when the show ends. You still have the reverse diet. You still have the rigidity of that lifestyle, that routine outside of the prep. So just because you step on stage doesn't mean that you're free. It doesn't mean that you're done, that you can just do whatever, be normal. You can, but I guarantee that you're not going to like the way that you look and you feel if you come off a contest prep and you just do whatever and you have no structure. So what I suggest is look ahead at the 12 months. Is there something really important in your life happening? A once in a lifetime type event. So what I mean by that is like a wedding. You know, people don't get married every year. Hopefully not. Um, Well, the same couple doesn't get married every year is what I mean. But if there's something super important to you coming up or that is happening throughout the year that you know of already, you have to ask yourself, are you willing to be on contest prep during that event? So are you willing to be committed to your goals during that event? And that could even look like holidays. So a good example of this is prepping through Thanksgiving. The last show of the year is in December. It's nationals. It's usually held in Dallas now, which is amazing. But that's the last national show of the year. It's a big one. It's really important. A lot of people go. Um, It's very well run. And that's your last chance of the year to get your pro card. So if you think that that's in the books for you, but maybe your family is really big into tradition, they're really big on Thanksgiving, are you going to be able to stay on diet, to execute your cardio, to train, to not feel left out and sad and grumpy if you have to diet through Thanksgiving. And I'm only asking that not from a place of like judgment or you have to be okay with that to reach your goals, but like truly some people for some families, Thanksgiving, eating together, creating those memories together is very valuable. It's really important. And you want to act in accordance with your values. You want to stay in alignment with what you believe. And so in order to do that, you really do have to ask yourself, am I able to get through this holiday and feel good about it? Or is this something that's going to cause me a lot of stress? Is my goal bigger than this holiday? Can I explain that to my family? Will they understand? And most of the time, I think families will understand if you tell them, hey, I have this really big goal. I'm trying to do this show in December. I've been dieting for 20 weeks already. I can't eat the Thanksgiving food, but I want to sit down with you guys. I'll have my own meal. I want to create memories and be there. I'm just going to eat my own thing. Most families are going to understand that and they're going to support that 100%. But it is worth asking yourself the question, is the life events that I have going on creating that base of stability for me to continue doing this contest prep the way that I want to do it? So to summarize all of this, The green flags of contest prep really revolve around your stability. Well, I do want to say, if one area is not necessarily as stable, maybe I was talking through these points and you were like, dang, yeah, I'm not really stable there. I don't really know. It doesn't mean that you don't have to contest prep, that you can't contest prep. It just means that now you have awareness around that area and what needs improvement. And that can be really insightful and actually very helpful for you going into the prep because now you know, okay, you know, my finances, my relationship, those are all very stable. I'm good there. I'm happy there. But, you know, I think my mental health might need a little bit of work or 
you know, we're supposed to move. And at that point, I might be six weeks out. So let me think about pushing the show date back or let me think about whether this is really something I want to do right here and right now. And just having that awareness around what's going on in your life can be incredibly helpful. So hopefully this checklist brought you a little bit of clarity. Maybe it spurred some new ideas or new things to think about. But if you're looking to do a show this year and you don't have a coach yet, I highly recommend finding a coach. If you're looking for somebody to help guide you through contest prep, if you're looking for somebody to help you achieve your fitness goals, I am more than happy to help. DM me and we can chat. If we're a good fit, if we're in alignment, let's work together. If not, that's okay. I have plenty of coaches that I'm very happy to refer you out to depending on what you're looking for. But when it comes to contest prep, if you're looking to do a show this year, you absolutely need to have a coach in place. They will be able to go through this with you and make sure on their end that your health is stable, that your mindset is stable, that the relationships around you are stable. They can help and be the accountability source for you in that way. So I definitely recommend getting a coach. For more on finding the right coach, I'll do another episode on signs that you have hired the right coach or good signs for hiring a coach. That way you guys have another little checklist of what to look for when you are looking to hire a coach. Um, But for now, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope that you found this contest prep episode insightful. And like I said earlier, I would love for y'all to reach out, give me feedback. Um, We have the podcast page, which is Becoming Relentless podcast um, on Instagram. We're also on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And then if you want to reach me directly, that's Noah McCabe underscore IFBB Pro on Instagram. Your feedback is incredibly valuable to me. So if you have any good, bad, neutral question, comments, anything at all, please let me know. If you could like, share, subscribe, tag your friends, share this podcast so that it reaches the audience that I'm speaking to. That would be so helpful. And until then, stay relentless.